Persistence Culture. Persistence, firm or obstinate continuance in a course of action in spite of difficulty or opposition. Culture, the customs, arts, social institutions, and achievements of a particular nation, people, or other social group. Keep moving. This is Persistence Culture. We are a lifestyle brand changing lives all over the world. I am your co-host Mambo and we got Jason in the house. What's up, Jason? Mambo, what's going on, brother? How you doing today? Man, uh, I feel like my work and hobbies... Is the same shit, bro. <laughs> I feel like I'm always in a studio. Always in front of a mic, you know, but hopefully it feels a little more fun at the yellow table and less stressful, man. I know you've been swamped at work lately. So. Well, this is this is the one I do look forward to right Hell here, yeah. bro. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Me too. Uh, I look forward to a lot of things, especially football season. So I'm definitely looking forward to uh, today's guest, man. Um, we got an epic guest for this time of the year. Uh, today's guest is Absolute Sports Royalty in Ventura County. He's a three-time Pacific View League champion and the first coach to ever bring a state championship back to Oxnard. He's a three-time PVL Coach of the Year, won California State Coach of the Year en route to a Division IIA state championship. He's also shaping the youth of Ventura County into incredible human beings every single day. He is the head coach of Pacifica High High School Football. We have the legend, the man himself, the Coach Mike Moon in the studio. What's up, Coach? Hey, how you guys doing? I appreciate you guys having me here. Yeah, yeah, of course, man, that's, of course. That's a hard intro to, you know, jump into, but there we go. I <laughs> Hell appreciate yeah. you. <laughs> That, that's, that's your biography, man. Welcome to the Yellow Table, man. Uh, it's so dope to have a coach with the amount of experience that you have here. And uh, especially right now, you just said before we started, two a days just been on and cracking since last week. So uh, I know you're swamped. So thank you for your time today, coach. Yeah, no problem. I, I like doing this stuff. So this yeah, is great. Yeah. Good. I hope it's a nice little break from the typical grind. Um, but like I just ran through, incredible, incredible coaching resume. Um, when did you realize that you actually wanted to transition from uh, playing football to coaching football? When did you realize that? When I wasn't good enough to play, uh, to actually get on the field in college. <laughs> okay, that's a good that's a good transition point. That's a yeah. good transition point. Yeah. Um, did you play any college football? I played at Moorpark College. Okay, Moorpark yeah. College. Yeah. What position? Uh, I was a strong safety, and okay. uh, Moorpark College was really good at the time. It's Ventura and Moorpark kind of switched places. So Moorpark okay. used to be the powerhouse. Ventura wasn't. Now Ventura is, and Moorpark's not. So. Um, I can't say too much. My son is playing football at Moorpark College, so okay. I still I root for both of them. I got players at both sides, yeah, so can't, can't bash either. Yeah, I'm not going to bash it too much, but I got there, and and it was just like you know, you go to uh, play your position, and you're always one of the best, if not the best guy on the field up to that point. And then yeah. you get there, and they're like, all right, well, you're too small to play linebacker. You can't play this. You know, go in that line with the strong safeties, and you get to that line. There's 12 or 13 <laughs> dudes, and every guy was all CIF, all county, all this and that, and you're just like, okay, cool, here we go. Right. You know, and then, now this is a competition. Yeah, yeah, you put in the work, and then you realize it's like, man, these guys are just you know either as good as me and bigger or just better than me. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So um, at that point, my mind just kind of switched over to the coaching side and I started paying attention to the coaches. And at first I get mad at two because I wasn't playing. And, yeah, you know, exactly. The, the normal, like everybody wants to be on the field. And then, um, then I transitioned to like, okay, well maybe I can do what they do. Um, and I just started, you know, kind of learning from them a little bit, not over the top, just, I'm still a player at that point. Yeah. Um, and then I get into it and I started coaching not too long after that, a couple of years after that. So would you consider one of those more park coaches, uh, one of your like initial idols in the world of coaching? No, no, <laughs> <laughs> we, we did have a defensive coordinator it was pretty good. My first year there. Um, and then, you know, I won't get into it, but basically the second year, my high school coach actually became our defensive coordinator Okay, and me and him butted heads in, butted heads in high school. So, so it, just it, it, didn't, on. it didn't help me, it didn't help me at all, <laughs> you know, okay. but that's my fault for being a difficult high school player. So, Hey, I mean, uh, mo most, most high school football players are a little bit difficult. That's the challenge of becoming a good coach, right? You got to harness that, that hard headed side of it and make them see the light and see their true potential. And obviously you're doing an incredible job. Who would you say was one of your 
coaches that you really started to look up to when you said, all right, now I'm under the right wing here? You know, honestly, I didn't it didn't even come until, um, you know, I had some really good coaches that I played for, like Tony Pinedo, there's a lot of guys, he looked out for us. Um, but from a football aspect, it really didn't come until I started coaching, and I started coaching with, with older guys that knew what they were doing, and I was like, man, I, I thought I understood the game, but these guys really understand the game. Um, and one of, them, one of them came to our practice today and talked to the guys, George Contreras, he's one of my mentor coaches, and, you know, David Solares was at Real Mesa, and then uh, obviously John Reardon, who, you know, you talk about my resume, if you read his resume off, it's, it's just unbelievable. So, and he's about 85 or whatever now. But, okay, um, wow. Yeah, so, so that, and then obviously Donnie Ray, who I took over for. So, um, there's a lot of guys, but it wasn't until I got into the coaching where I really kind of looked up to those guys and how, how do I learn from them and how do we be better. And um, I soak up that information, man. I tell you, I, I'll go to these coaching clinics and I try to learn from, you know, the college and pro coaches. And I, I'm blessed at this point to be invited to actually speak at those. So I'll go and I'll speak. That's so sick. And then I'll, and then I'll turn around and be like, okay, who else is speaking right <laughs> after me? And I'll go, I'll go try to learn from go them. Go instantly and, into yeah. fan mode. And our coaching staff at Pacific is really good. We'll, we'll go to the coaching clinics and really try to – we're not there to get away from our families and stuff like that. We're there to learn and get better. You know what I'm saying? And I think, uh, I mean, just like we want our kids to get better every day they step on the field, we should get better as coaches every year that we step on the field, you know? I'm yeah. a better coach today than I was yesterday and better coach this year than last year. So got to continue to get better and better and better. So. Hell yeah. I mean, that's true words right there. You got to get better every day. And to me, I feel like when you're an educator, which a coach is, right? You're educating not only, you know, pro football and trying to get these kids into college to continue playing football and teaching the life lessons you learn through football, um, but you're also teaching them to education is power, right? And knowledge Absolutely. is power. Absolutely. So I think that's really incredible that you reaching these heights are still thirsty for the knowledge, man. Once that thirst goes away, I feel like that's when you start to yep. level out, right? That's when Coach Moon ain't, ain't Coach Moon no more and somebody's yep. going to come up and catch you. Absolutely. And I think that that's, we've seen that. I mean, you, you know, you've seen that and you, you can't blame the coaches that have done it for 40 years. I mean, I, 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 some of the, my mentor coaches are like, I'm not going to those clinics anymore. And I mean, you get it, you know, and, yeah. and I'm about, this is my 22nd season. So, um, you know, you, it, it's different now than it was 10 years ago. 22nd season? 22nd wow, season. congratulations on that, man. Yeah, not, not as a head coach, but I think it's my 10th year as a head coach. Yep. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's, uh, uh, when you say 40, you're like, wow, because 22 <laughs> seems like a lot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah, that's why I heard 22 years coaching. I was like, yeah. damn, congrats. Yeah, yeah, it's been a while, but but still excited and still ready to go and, you know what I'm saying, just trying to get better and, you know. That's good. Keep yeah. that passion lit. And I mean, to me, just being around the game, um, we had mentioned that we met uh, years, years before when yeah. I was coaching youth football. And to me, that was just so much fun. I didn't have kids at the time. Uh, my son is five, so he'll be awesome. starting football next year. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. So I'm, I'm super excited for that right now. I'm coaching his baseball teams and stuff, which is fun, but it ain't the same, man. Yeah. I miss being around the game of football. And uh, I thought it was, I thought it was just incredible time in my life when I spent the four years doing youth football. I just feel like it's so, so rewarding. And it's one of those like noble things that you get to do good and just feel good about doing that good at the end of the day. Absolutely. Heck yeah. yeah. Um, so, when did you come upon the opportunity to coach Pacifica High School? You said that you've been coaching for 22 years. Yeah. I feel like that's one of the hard things to crack is to become a head coach. Yeah, that's a, that, it, yeah, it is. It was never a goal of mine, to be honest with you. Really? So, uh, interesting story, and I, I just try to want to, not to offend too many people, but, you know. No we offense taken here at the yellow <laughs> table, coach. Yeah. It's a happy place. So, uh, no, basically, I was a, I was a assistant coach at Real Mesa, defensive coordinator at the time, uh, trying to get a, a teaching job. Okay. And, and, you know, it's not as easy to get a teaching job as people think. And so I thought, you know, hey, they're going to, you know, I've been here for this long and they're, they're going to give me a teaching job here. And, um, you know, no, without the technicalities and, and this and that, no, they basically 
um, did not give me a teaching job. Um, I'm a little rough around the edges. I get it. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And, and Most football and, coaches are, man. That's what makes it yeah, makes you good. But it, it was what makes me fit at Pacifica, to be honest with you. So okay. um, so anyway, uh, I didn't, didn't really – wasn't worried about being a head coach, wasn't thinking about Pacifica or any other school. I was just like, I just need to get a teaching job. So um, – End up applying for a, a teaching job at Pacifica High School. Uh, I get the job at Pacifica High School. What I'm, kind of teacher? Uh, I'm a PE teacher. Well, okay. I'm not a PE teacher now, but I'm a. That's where you started. I'm a credentialed PE teacher. Yeah. Okay. So, so I, I get there. I get a PE job. It's halfway in the middle of the year, and I'm fired up. And uh, I'm gonna finish up at Real Mesa, and then um, if they bring me on the following year, I'm gonna be the defensive coordinator at Pacifica. Just they got me the job. That's what I'm gonna do. Um, and then <laughs> not too long later, I was basically let go from Pacifica because of, uh, union deal, technicalities, numbers, you know, the whole nine, you know, yeah, whatever, reduce the last count teacher or whatever. Hired gets fired. Type, <laughs> yeah, you okay. know? Um, and so they let me go and then, you know, so obviously you meet with the principal, you're like, all right, well, I'm not coming to coach here next year. So I'm gonna stay at Rio Mesa. Um, and so I stayed at Rio Mesa and then I'm like, all right, I need to get a teaching job. And then I'm realizing like, I think you gotta be a head coach to get a teaching job at this point. Real Mesa is not going to hire you as a head coach. So I um, started looking elsewhere. So I applied at Wainimi, got passed over for that job. You know, um, uh, so. And you're applying for teaching positions when you say apply. Uh, or I you're applying applied for, for head the coach? head coaching job at Wainimi. So it was an open position for head coach? Yes, yes. No um, kidding. Um, and so I really wanted that job. I have a lot of ties in South Oxnard. Um, you know, a, a friend. It's a place that needs good leadership like you, though. I mean, a lot of times in South Oxnard and Wainimi, a lot of kids and a lot of talent down there gets overlooking, on, unfortunately. Absolutely. So um, I was actually really fired up about it and, and, and the way the – uh, people don't really know how it goes about hi- hi- hiring high school football coaches. I have no clue. That's why I was like, really? An open, and nobody really wants, you to, for the wants you to know because it doesn't really work the way everybody wants it to be. You Got know, it's, it. it's not by the book. Anyway, moving on. Uh, so I was like, okay, I'm going to shoot for the job. Killed it in the interview and so on and so forth and didn't get the job. Um, so they, they moved on to somebody else and uh, and then the Pacifica job opened up. Um, and so the make a long story short that I got cool like apply for the Pacific job but there was no teaching job to it I'm like okay oh, they, they just fired me there's no <laughs> teaching job to it I'm not gonna apply for that job I'm gonna stay put there's uh, no safety to it there's right? no safety to it you know at that point um I was working at Juan Soria I was a middle school teacher because I got let go I got another teaching job uh, my first career as a personal trainer I lost all my clients so it was it was one of those things um going on uh I won't get into how or why I applied but I ended up applying really late um, went through the process, interview process, all that stuff, um, and ended up getting the job. Um, and so from there I was like, okay, well, no teaching job. How am I going to do this? So I was teaching at Juan Soria and then, uh, running over to Pacific on my prep, coming back to Juan Soria, Damn. teaching PE, and then going back for football practice. Um, and then lo and behold, one week before the school year started, I got a phone call from the principal saying, Hey, we, we created a teaching job for you. Hell um, yeah. A bunch of, Hell yeah. That's a solid right there. And it gives, it was life skills classes. Uh, they don't teach those anymore, but I was so fired up because Hell that's yeah, what man. we need to add into education yeah. is life skills. You yeah. know, time management, how to do your credit cards, like, you know what I'm saying, how to apply for jobs. Mm-hmm. Like, it was resume builder. Like, it was it was, it was was great. It was great. Here's the truth about public school, right? We want every kid to be a doctor and a lawyer and have these incredible professions. But where do you think the rest of us come from that don't have Absolutely. those positions? They come from there. So those are the skills that they need. Uh, so that's really cool that they actually had that position for you. Yeah, so they did that, and, and I got in, and I was like, yeah, for sure. You know what I'm saying? So obviously I'm going to teach where I coach. Um, so, so not that I didn't ever want to be a head coach, but it was never like, I want to be a head coach. Like I, I you just me, wanted to be a teacher. I wanted to be a teacher and a defensive coordinator. Like I, my, my first career was great, but you know, I started, you know, I got married, started having kids and like, I'm like, okay, I need benefits. I need retirement. 
Um, yeah. And I'm making good money as a trainer, but there's no benefits with that. Um, and so, you know, my mom, you know, God rest her soul, but she, as she was passing, she's like, hey, please finish up school and do all your thing, you know. And, and not too long after she passed, I went back and got my credential and my master's and finished everything up. Hell yeah, um, good for and, you, and man. So, That's it, incredible. Yeah. So anyway, so at 33, I finally got like a permanent full-time teaching job and, and head coaching job. And, um, you know, I just kept going forward. And uh, it's just a blessing because I, I really don't have a lot of ties to East Oxnard, mm-hmm. um, you know, like in South Oxnard or West Oxnard, things like that. Is that where you went to school, South Oxnard? I went to school at Santa Clara in South Oxnard. Okay. So, so I have ties, you know, ties and stuff like that, but um, not necessarily on that side of Did you uh, play for Coach Mack back then in Santa Clara? Was I he there? I did not. He was at St. Bonaventure. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I've, kn- I've known John. He's a friend of mine since I was in middle school. So. Uh, oh, but that was know. during the Bonnie Tears with, yeah. when they were just running I, the, yeah, the country. And, 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 you know, and, and I went and checked out St. Bonaventure and stuff like that. It just wasn't. You wasn't know, for you. I, yeah, it wasn't for me. You know, um, you know, he's a phenomenal coach. And football-wise, it probably would have worked out. But, um, you know, everybody – anyway, I won't yeah. get into it. But, you know. So Santa Clara is where you played your ball then That's where I played my ball. And it didn't didn't work out. They were supposed to build it up. And it didn't really – you know, it ended up like started going – got worse when I got there. So I can't really – you know, say that I was a phenomenal player. <laughs> Were you good? I was like, I was good, but we weren't very good. So I, I couldn't it's, not, it's not an individual I, sport, you know I, what I'm saying? I couldn't have been that good if we, if we didn't win very many games. So, yeah. uh, But it was, it was you know, it, it was what it was, and, and I'm still friends with some of those guys. And um, it, it, it was a, a good experience, and it, and it really, really did help me to, um, to to be successful at Pacifica because there's a lot of similar kids, South Oxnard, East Oxnard. It's, it's very, you know. Everything's similar. intertwined now, right yeah. now. And, uh, you know, I, I feel like that's what's really – on tapped in Oxnard is when I started coaching youth football there. Um, I grew up in New Jersey playing football in New Jersey, uh, played around a bunch of talent. And then when I came out here, I was incredibly impressed with the amount of talent that was oh, on man. the kids on this team, like the speed and athleticism, even oh, yeah. at like six and seven years old, I was like, damn, you yep. could just tell, you could just see it, how these kids were going to, you know, evolve into the athletes that they are right now. And some yeah. of them playing for you and just throughout the County right now, it's, Especially it's really in cool the to city, see city of Oxnard. I mean, I'm I, definitely, you know, I'm, fan of the football in Ventura County, but there's, uh, if you think about it, the city of Oxnard has so much talent that we can supply, what do we have, six high schools with mm-hmm. football teams. They're all good. Uh, we help We help the private schools in Ventura. I was going to say, you might as well be Oaks Oxnard we, instead know, of we, Oaks we Christian help, up there. And I'm not mad about it. Like, we we have enough talent that they can go to Oaks Christian, they can go to St. Bonaventure. Get the education, perhaps, stuff. and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, and we still have enough talent to, you know, to, to win at Pacifica, and Oxnard is still solid, Real Mesa is still solid, you know what I'm saying? So uh, that shows how much talent there is in Oxnard, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Um, and I'm one of those believers that I've never been bugged about kids, like, not staying home. Like, of course, I want to keep them in Oxnard. Yeah, because then they can play for your team. Man, I tell <laughs> yes, but, but I tell you what, what I saw um, in our – we had two playoff runs, right? We went uh, in 2018. Uh, we've been to playoffs every year, and we, we make a little bit of run. But quarterfinals is different than semifinals, finals. I mean, that's that's a run, yeah. you know? Um, and so 2018, went to the semis and basically lost on a bad call there. And then the next year winning – Fucking uh, refs, yeah, man. Yeah. Fucking refs. Well – I won't get into it, but Oxnard schools do not get the benefit of the doubt with that. But, I bet. You know, we can talk about the societal issues and stuff like yeah. that. But uh, um, uh, basically seeing the city of Oxnard get behind the Oxnard kids was great. Um, and any kids that leave our city, any Oxnard kids that leave our city, they might have success. They might win. They might represent these private schools and stuff like that. But they are not representing their neighborhood. They're yeah. not representing 
their community, their hood. They their end up people. being from Thousand Oaks or something when yeah. it comes to recruiting because <laughs> we, they're Planet Oaks Christian. It's right. like, man, that kid ain't from Thousand Oaks. Yeah, we joke around about, um, you know, on Twitter and you see the, you know, I play for this school and then their location is their hometown. And it's like, yeah. hey, bro, you're not repping, you're not repping them no more. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you're not repping Oxnard That's no more. right. That's right. You're up the grade now, buddy. Yeah. yeah. Um, but um, so getting back to head coach, right? So you said you wanted to be defensive coordinator mm-hmm. and teaching was really your passion. So how did that kind of flip? and evolve the way that you had to coach after you became the head coach? How did it change your coaching style from defensive coordinator to head coach? Uh, so, uh, make a long story short, I took over for uh, a guy named Donnie Ray, who is, you know, people have their opinion of him, but he's a phenomenal football coach. Coached 24 years in Division One football. Uh, oh, wow. Was tired of moving around the country and finally said, hey, I'm going to go back. I'm from Ventura County. I'm going to go back to Ventura County. I'm just going to coach high school football. 15 years, get a partial retirement, and just be done. Good for him. So, I, I basically, he manipulated, not manipulated, but he was working on, you know, I'm going to retire. How's this going to work out? But he had a couple more years of teaching left. Um, and so anyway, I came on. I always respected him. I actually had private meetings with him, not about coaching Pacifica, but trying to pick his brain. I told you I'm, I latch on to guys that know the game. You Gain know? the knowledge. And man. I always joke around with him like he knows more football in his pinky than I do on my whole body. And it's probably <laughs> true to this day. But um, um, so he, he stayed on as my offensive coordinator. Um, and so which is funny because in Division One football, he was a defensive coordinator. And so Trent, when he went to I, high school, he was like, I'm tired of defense. I want to go to offense. Um, and hey, so, when you're a football guy, you're a football guy. And that speaks leaps and bounds to Coach Ray, to me, if he can go defensive coordinator in Division One, and then have the humbleness to go and just – and the knowledge to be able to do it on offense. Absolutely. Too. And early on, he was a power eye guy. But then he turned into you know, like 10 personnel, throw the ball around. Hey, I love the power eye. Yeah. Man. You can throw out the power eye too. <laughs> I, we don't have power eye guys. But <laughs> but, uh, um, but anyway, so, so his offense was the hardest for me to start as a defense coordinator um and so from a defensive perspective i had this like the utmost respect for him as an offensive coach um and so as an offensive coach i was like okay they're scoring 50 points a game Uh, maybe they're just not stopping teams and maybe that's not why they're not very good um i want to run i want if i take over the team i want i want to i want that offense so can you stay on board and be the offensive coordinator i'll be the defensive coordinator um and then you can teach me how to be a head coach you know yeah, what I'm saying? Right. Um, and I'm going to do it my way because once you get to know me, I'm a, I'm a type A personality. So I'm going to yeah. do it my way. Uh, but I don't know how to, like, issue gear and I don't know how to collect gear. And I don't, you know, you know, and I don't know how to do fundraisers. And I don't know how to file yeah. paper, paperwork out and, and how to communicate with counselors. And, like, so I don't know that aspect of it. So I'm sitting there. We're sharing an office for two years. And he is just telling me, like, this is what I did. This is what I did. This is what I did. He's like, you don't have to do it that way, but this is what I did. And he's like one of those really organized guys and I'm not that organized. Well, that's so good. I'm like, why would I not copy what he, you know what I'm saying? Hell yeah. So to this day, we had practice today. Our practice plan today was the same practice plan that we had my very first year there when they took over. He's like, this is my practice plan. I was like, cool, that works. I don't like that. I like that. I looked at that. I like mm-hmm. that. So we put like my ideas together with his ideas and it w- worked so well that we've been doing it for 10 years straight. Like, I'm not, I'm not even going to change it, you know. Um, if it ain't people, broke, don't fix it. Yeah, and I know we people joke around that we practice for a long, very long time. Um, and everybody's <laughs> like, no, don't be on the field for more than two hours. And, and it's, you know what? How did that, when did that become a thing, man? Right now is two-a-days. Right now you're supposed to bring your lunch with you and you spend the entire day at the football field and go yes, home and eat an entire yes. bowl of pasta for <laughs> dinner and go to sleep and then do it again. Well, you know, everybody's always done that, but then as the season progresses, they cut the practice times down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We don't. Okay. Hey, I <laughs> can you know respect what, that. But I'd rather like the kids at, pra- at school with us and the, their teammates or running the streets doing something they shouldn't be doing. So uh, I'd rather them be with us and watch 
watching film and lifting weights and practicing than than any of that stuff anyway. So especially during the season, you know, we got to you know tighten it up. Um, but anyway, so that's how I learned how to be a head coach. Um, and then every year I write down what I did right and wrong, and then the next year I address it, and I'm just like, okay, I got to do that better. I got to do that better. I got to do that better. You know. Um, and so it's, you know, going into this year, it's like, okay, I'm getting better, but I'm almost there, but I'm not quite there. So. I think that's one of the most important things that you can do in any profession, especially in a coaching pre- profession, is to reflect, man. Not enough people, yeah, like, reflect facts. back, you know? Whether, any profession. Exa- yeah. Exactly. Any profession that's key, and I feel like it's like uh, – it's a it's a good characteristic to have, and it's a good professional um, ability to show employers, no matter who it is, because it helps you build as a person. No matter what success you had, you can learn about it. You could be like, yeah, man, I remember when we won that game. Oh, but I almost blew it on that one call that I made when we should have just punted the damn ball or yep. whatever the case may have been, and you put that in perspective. Yeah, and that's every game. I actually uh, go in on Monday. You know, it's it's either, you know, it's – you, after a win, you come in and, you know, it's, it's either winning Monday or learning Monday. You know, yeah, I mean? Hey, I like that. And so you walk in, and, and the first thing I try to do is, okay, because every day, every every game, a coach makes a mistake of some sort, if not multiple mistakes. <laughs> yeah. right? um, so I like to walk in and address whether we won or lost and how we go about it, and then, okay, this is what I did wrong. Uh, because Mondays are Mondays are where you're watching the film of the game, or that's how we do it. We do it on Mondays. Uh, Mondays we watch the film of the game. Um, I know a lot of teams do it Saturday. We do our Monday because our kids work Saturday. But um, – so we watch the game, and it's it's a rip session, right? You're not saying, hey, great job, you scored a touchdown. Good for you. Yeah. You're saying, okay, we're not addressing the good plays. We're only addressing yeah. the bad We knew plays. that was a nice catch. Yeah. We watched it. <laughs> yeah, but, but if you go in, and, and, and the first thing that happens is the head coach says, hey, this is where I messed up, and I have to get better. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, I, I tend to say, okay, look, I'm addressing what I'm doing wrong. Okay, now we're about to address what you did wrong. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And it's just, just kind of lead by example in that way. And it's not just like I'm perfect and you're always screwing up. You know, it's just kind of like owning it um, and then making sure they own it. And, and that, that applies to their lives too. I mean, you got to own it when you make a mistake and – you know, get better from it, not keep making the same mistakes, whether it's football or life. So, hundred percent, and that's where that's where the world needs good coaches like you, uh, Coach Moon, because that's what you also have to teach. And a lot of people get hung up on the football, especially when there's a bad game, or like you said, on a learning Monday. <laughs> um, it's tough to only be hung up on the game, but yeah. it's nice to hear you say that you implant that, you know, so that the the kids learn about it and can grow about it well beyond football, because. At the end of the day, everybody's going to stop playing football. Even kids that you got on this team, yep. maybe they got NFL aspirations that they'll actually reach. But eventually, NFL's not going to be there yep, either. Absolutely. It's going to stop one day, you know. Um, so it's good It's good to see you doing that. But I want to know, when you took over head coaching, did you ever envision this type of success? Did you ever think that you'd be the first guy to bring a state championship back to Oxnard? I, I don't know. I, never, I don't know if I ever focused on, um, you know, the product you know, which is a state championship just uh-huh. versus the process. Um, I, I joked around with one of our first star kids, if you will. Um, and I was like, man, we're trying to, he's like, he's, I'm going to play for you for a year. And then I'm going to go to Oaks Christian. But you know, I mess with you. Like you're a good coach. Like I'm going to, I'm going to give you a year. Give you I'm, year. Like, cool. right. you know? I'm like, cool. Give me a year. You know what I'm saying? And he's like, you really think you can build it up? I was like, and, and at the time Westlake was like the powerhouse, right? Jim Becker, who I look up to, he's at Simi Valley now. And I was just like, I'm going to make this the Westlake of Oxnard. You know what I'm saying? And he's joking, laughing. <laughs> he's like, you think we can do that? I was like, if you stay for four years, you, can do <laughs> yeah. it. you, know? you don't bail on me after this year. Yeah. Uh, so, so the, jokingly, I said, we're going to make this the Westlake of Oxnard. You know what okay. I'm saying? Um, but I don't know if I ever envisioned 
winning a state or CIF championship. Um, I envision being successful and I envision making the playoffs and I envision um, being locally successful. Um, but no, I, my mind never went there. But yes, my mind went to being successful. Um, and, and I don't know if, you know, I, the, the day I got there, I had this first meeting and I went to Performing Arts Center, beautiful Performing Arts Center. And I'm standing up on stage and uh, guys are sitting down or whatever. And don't get me wrong, there's some big guys, you know, that are at the school, but it okay. it wasn't, you know, kids weren't going there to play football. There were some solid football players there, but it wasn't, you know. It wasn't a destination. So I jumped down from the stage and I wanted every kid to shake my hand and look me in the eye. Just I just want I want eye contact. I want to see, you know, I'm a respect guy. I'm gonna give you respect, you're gonna give me respect. I wanna yeah. see how much respect there is in this room. I mean, I was and I'm not a very big guy, obviously. So <laughs> so I'm like looking down and have to I'm like, oh <laughs> <You know? laughs> I went home and I told my wife, I was like, What what did I do? You know, yeah. like they're she's like, What's wrong with the the kids are awesome. The kids are great. I was like, We just you know, we're not we we, get, we don't have as very many big guys and we need you know, some and, size. Yeah, we need some size and stuff like that. But but there were still solid dudes. There was there was something to work with, and, and I was taking over a program that wasn't like at the bottom. It wasn't at the cellar. Yeah. You know, it was a solid program. It was well coached. Um, it just just needed a few more pieces here and there, and and and, and kind of a little bit more energy, like energy. But like Donnie was an older guy, and he'll admit it. Like he just we just needed more energy. Yeah. Um. And so obviously, I was glad to see him stay for two years, and for us to turn it around while um, he was al- there, almost immediately. Um, halfway through the first year, we started turning it around, and and then the next year we had success, and and he's like, I'd love to see this thing through, but I'm 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 done, and I was like, all right, you know, I was like, but we're really starting to roll. He's like, I can see that, you know, and he still you know sends me texts after every big win and stuff like that. And That's it, awesome, you know, and and um you, you know every once in a while I hit him up, I'm like, hey man, like uh, uh 2018 we lost to Oxnard, and uh, you know they're just running a front that was really difficult for us offensively and. And I'm like, okay, man, my, my, my defensive packages aren't doing this. So I need you to not worry about you as a high school coach, but go back to your college days when you were the defensive guru. And, um, like, what could stop this? What you were know? they running? Uh, he's a bear guy. Okay. So he, they, he was the college bear guy. You know okay. what I'm saying? So uh, the bear front. You yeah, know? the bear front, yeah. Um, so college were flying them all around. I think he said Jimmy Johnson flew out to Miami to teach the defensive. Like, he, he was, that was that his thing. So, um, Well, it's a unique defense. You don't see a bear front very often at all. We run it, but, okay. but, but well, no, that's uh, good. Uh, it it's is like a three-three-five kind of setup too. That they're, they're just different. Yeah. You know? So, so our base is a three-three-five, yep. and a bare front is is very very similar to a three-three-five. I mean, nobody really thinks of it like that. Uh, but if you have a nose, you have a nose. Yeah. Right. And if you have a forefront, you have a forefront. Well, in a bare front, you have a nose, and a three-three-five, you have a nose, and a five-two, you have a nose, and a three-four, you have a nose. Yep. So we run any front that you have a nose. Sets your gap system up the same, basically, yeah, when you, you know, have the nose. Yeah, we're 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 definitely gap sound, which a lot of people think that aren't. You know, the three-three-five and stuff. That we're definitely gap sound, and we teach that, but we're not lined up in the, the gap. gap. Exactly. Um, like like the the basic four threes. And That's stuff what makes like it hard that. to block. Yeah. Though. Makes it hard to block. Um, it, it gives you a little bit of trouble when they when they when they run certain formations and that those were the formations we're having trouble with so so we actually you know just going to him he he basically like okay well you know i also ran a little bit of this and i didn't necessarily like the bare front against what was giving us trouble so what was giving you trouble were they were they uh, 20 21 personnel offset fullback yeah you know counter power to the tight end i mean everybody knows that's going to give a an odd you know a three three five some trouble so just run downhill at it and get a bunch of leads out physical guys and we had all these dudes that can run around and stuff but at the point of contact couldn't take on those blocks that's that's tough so and it's you know it's literally a game of inches you know and 100 al pacino said it well and then you know yeah what are you going to do are you going to stack the box and 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 be susceptible to the play action or 
you know, are you going to sit back and let them, uh, you know, pick away four or five things? yards? And I'm not one of those defensive coaches that says, oh, let's sit back and just corral everything. I'm just, that's just, nah. I, I'd rather not coach football. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you yeah. Know? Um, and so anyway, so, I, you know, I still go to coaches like that to, you know, it's like you don't know everything. You know what I'm saying? And and so uh, anyway, I, I don't remember how we got onto that subject, but yeah, does that <laughs> <laughs> perfect? Like I'm said, a little bit lost for, too. I could talk forever. <laughs> no, me too, and I could talk football forever. So I started getting into scheming things and hearing about it. Um, but we were talking about uh, success as you transitioning to the head coach, and now you're taking over for Coach Ray, and you're still reaching out for him for defense. For for uh, now, you're reaching out to him for defensive help versus offensive help. Um, do you remember? So that was probably what like uh you said 2018 you guys lost to oxnard yeah do you remember what was different from the next year i mean it's literally next year you guys took took home everything you won cif 2019 but right we lost to oxnard again last game of the yeah, season so I, right? guess it, I guess it was 2019 that I. Did oh that, that championship year yeah yeah, yeah. okay so we added a front yeah so i guess it was 2019 okay was that the big thing that then? was our only loss our only loss was to our rival so you know, I give him credit. That you still know, stings, was, you man. Know, the Oxnard kids are like, we beat you. I was like, that's cool, but yeah, look at his trophy. <laughs> we got <bring> <laughs> yeah, look at his trophy. Look at these rings. Yeah. You know, you could take that one. We'll give you that one. Um, so, is that you think that was the main difference between 2018 and 2019? Is adding that front? Did well, that- it, was, it was 2019, and so we've had. I'll tell you the difference, and I'll own it because it's it's a screw up on my part. Um, I, I have really good coaching staff, and I have I have a really good offensive coordinator, young dude. Um, uh, Eric Diaz from South Oxnard, he does a great job. And everybody thinks they can coach offense. So everybody yeah. has an opinion of, oh, you're OC and this OC and that OC. Of like, course. Okay. Uh, talk about my job. Oh, I don't understand defense. You know, like, okay, but everybody can, everybody can, everybody can, everybody coach, can offense. coach offense. Yeah. You know? uh, but anyway, so, so but but look at the track record. The guy's done a phenomenal job. So he, he was really like, hey, we got to speed up the offense. Um, and, you know, like a Gus Malzahn type thing, right? Mm-hmm. You know, like just up-tempo, get it going, like get the defense off guard and things like that. Um, and I'm the defensive guy. So I'm like, no, we want to slow it down. We want to run the ball. want to play defense. Like, that's great. We want to score. Um, but I'm not trying to have their offense on the field for 15 more plays. Yeah. Um, and so he's in my ear, in my ear, in my ear. And then at the time, R.J. Maria was our quarterback, and he was in our, my ear. You know, and then, you know, he wants to run that offense. Yeah, of course. You know, yeah. like why not? The defense can't even set up. Why, yeah. why would you not want to be a quarterback in that? You know, offense. But um, and so in that game, like I, I maybe or maybe not got cussed out by my OC. <laughs> Like, you can't stop them anyway, so I'm going to do what I got to do. I'm like, fine, whatever. And I'm trying to figure out how to stop them, you know, defensively. And I don't think our offense, outside of the first few games last year, um, you know, and and going through five quarterbacks during that spring season, like our offense has been rolling since then. Um, And so it was the same exact offense, but just up-tempo. That's good. Um, Do you guys have a lot of two-way players right now in Pacifico? When I was growing up, everybody was basically a two, almost a two-way player. So one of my mentor coaches, John Reardon, said, if you have a dude, why would he not? play both ways yeah so we play everybody both ways we will not start anybody both ways um and when i say nobody maybe one maybe yeah. you know maybe one i like one. that philosophy though making everybody play both ways i feel like only makes you a sounder team because here i am maybe i'm maybe i'm a second string guy right or maybe up but i'm better at wide receiver but you coach me up as corner as well so when the first team offense is out there at least you got a well-seasoned mm-hmm. guy to run on defense and you don't have to risk another starter on defense on uh you know getting injured or getting overworked yeah and 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 we we pride, kind of pride ourselves on playing a lot of guys, you know, and, yeah. and there's a lot of guys like, oh, well, I don't want to go to Pacifica. I can't, I, they won't play me. Okay. Well, like, what is that? You know, you should be more confident in your skills. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Um, but, but if you notice, like we do, anybody that has talent is going to play like 
not everybody can start, but everybody's going to play and get an opportunity to be successful. Um, and so if you do that, if you're you're able to, you know, some coaches will not play both guys both ways. They just won't. Yeah. Like your only defense, your only offense. I have an offensive coaching staff. I have a defensive coaching staff, and we're going to practice at the same time. Um, and then we'll get together to play against each other. Uh, one of the reasons why we practice so long is we have one coaching staff. Everybody coaches both sides of the ball outside of myself and our offensive coordinator. Um, um, I do have a couple of defensive guys in my pocket that just do defense, but everybody does both sides of the ball. So we do offense first, and then we do defense. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so if, if I'm a wide receiver and a corner, then I can play wide receiver and make get every rep, and I can play corner and get, and every, get every rep. rep. You know, um, So I'm well prepared in the game. So um, And like I said, our, our number one, our best, Let's just say the best corner we have or the second best corner we have might be the best receiver. Well, he might start at receiver and then we'll start the other guy at corner, but then he'll also play We'll sprinkle him in yeah. when he's getting – when the defense needs a blow or whatever, we'll put him in. Yeah, an uh, example of that, yeah. One kid I coach actually pops in my head, and I think you coached him as well. He might have been on that championship team, uh, Noel Williams. Noel, yeah. Yeah. Stud. Man, that kid stud. was a stud. So my first year coaching youth football, I actually coached with uh, Coach Pulu, and Shugs mm-hmm. was the head coach. Um, so we had that team uh, with Daniel Duran was our quarterback. Mm-hmm. Um, I heard that he's doing really good at quarterback, too. I think he might be on his way to San Diego State. So. He's, at, he's at University of San Diego, and his little brother is one of our quarterbacks. Oh, so he's one of your quarterbacks his, at Pacifica. His, his little brother is one of our quarterbacks, and Pulu's youngest is on our team. He's a oh, linebacker. Butter? Butter's a Butter linebacker. was a gamer, man. Yeah. He was always Still around practice. He was yeah. always around practice. Yeah. I mean, we were coaching Bantams then, and he wasn't even old enough to play Gremlins, and I wish I could have gave him a pair of shoulder pads and a helmet. Like, yeah. he was he was ready to go. Um but yeah, that that kid Noel Williams pops in my head though because I happened to notice that he was like he won like almost freshman of the Mountain West uh, on defense at corner and he was just a star wide receiver for me. With him and Daniel, they had this connection that was unstoppable. Oh yeah, I mean jail jailbreak screens to Noel Williams was like a guaranteed sixty yard touchdown that year in Bannon's football. Oh uh, yeah, but um, and, and he was our lo- that's an example. Noel's a great example. So he was our lockdown corner. Like he was the dude, as you can tell, he as a seventeen year old freshman, he's balling in, in you know on Saturday yeah, on TV exactly. Um, but but he was one of our best wideouts, but he started at corner. And then, you know, th- that's one of, an example. But That's what uh, it popped in my head when I when, when you talked about how you try to coach him both ways. Uh, like I said, when I knew Noel, well, and he was great at corner, too. He played corner for us, too. Um, but, like, wide receiver just jumped off the tape at he, you. And he's good. And he could have he gone next level at wide receiver, but he made the right decision. I mean, even he bought into it. We You know, it was clear that he was one of the best defensive backs in the country. The issue was their family grows late, mm-hmm. right? So how he ended up at UNLV, their family goes eight. I say, hey, dad played at Oregon. Dad is 6'3". Brother's yeah. at Wyoming. Brother's 6'3". Noel is young. He's only 16 right now. Yep. So he's 5'10", 5'11". I'm he, telling you, he's going to be at he's least 6'2". He's got a few two. more inches, yeah. Well, coach, you know, he's not 6'2 now. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, so you know, and, and so his recruiting was really interesting. Uh, but obviously now that he's 18 now, I think maybe he's almost 19. He's he's 6'2", and he's a specimen guy. And now, uh, you know, uh, I guess I'm, I'm decently respected in terms of, you know, the college coaches for recruiting and things like that. Guys like Noel helped that because I'm telling you, like, look, man, this is a Pac-12 guy. Yeah. I was trying to tell you guys that. I was trying to tell you guys that, man, you're right. You know, and, and, and if a college college coaches can tell a high school coach, man, you were right about that kid or you were right about that kid, it's kind of help, kind of help with your clout, if you will. Yeah. And if you're wrong about kids, it's going to hurt with that. So the next time you try to call the coach, they might not pick up their phone because you were wrong about the last mm-hmm. kid. And it's not like I'm right all the time. Uh, but but that's one of the ones that's like, man, you were really right. You know what I'm saying? So it's, it's you know, he's an elite guy and he's going to do really well at UNLV and and you're going to see what's going to happen. I yeah. think everybody knows what's going to happen as long as he stays healthy and keeps working. He's going to have opportunity. And so. his work and his ethic. brother's at Wyoming. His brother's doing really well too. So That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. 
that's cool. I didn't know about his brother. Um, yeah. but yeah, I, re- I remember, uh, I used to do this game where I, I would cover, I would cover the wide receivers as we were doing the route tree. And if they caught, if they caught the very first pass on the route tree that they were running, I'd get them whatever candy bar they wanted. And no, I remember he got, he got, he caught me on a nice three-step slant and made a nice, nice contested catch. And then he told me, I want a Heath bar coach. And I was like a Heath bar. I was like, really? <laughs> it caught me up. I was like, damn. All right. No, yeah, I can would, respect that. I'll get you a Heath bar. That would be um, no. That but yeah, no. yeah. Shout out to Noah. I'm glad yeah. that he's out there doing big things. Um, he was a part of that championship team, yeah, right? A huge part of it. So, huge part of it. So how was that? How was that run through the playoffs for you? Was that kind of like a whole new world getting that deep into the playoffs? Yeah, you know, it's one of those things we kind of talked about getting better every year, right? So my like, literally, you know, we joke about making history every year, but so like it was like okay, we make the playoffs, um, and then we end up playing Sarah my first year, and then the next year we end up getting a f- the first ever home game at the school, right? And we lose again by a point to Redondo, coaching mistakes all over the place, right? Um, and then the next year, we win our first home game against Culver City, who was like the number two seed at the time, all these D1 guys. Um, and then we come up short against Palos Verdes. Like, that's not, you know. See, that always mean? trips me out how much people travel. Like, all these places, I don't even know where the half oh, of these yeah. damn places are. <laughs> yeah. It's but like. It's, it's it's shoot, like we went to St. Paul, which is not that far. It's like in East LA area. Okay. Um, but it was like a four hour and a 15 minute drive. Um, because of that was the last time I ever did a trick like that. Since that game, uh, I we I our school I get our school. We're gonna leave at ten a.m. We're gonna get there. We're gonna find a park. We're gonna stay on the field and just kind of like we're gonna get there early because I'm not gonna be messing around with a four hour drive when it's only a two and a half hour drive. You yeah. know what I'm saying? So yeah. so, but that's part of getting better as a coach, right? Like mm-hmm. you realize like okay, you're in traffic for four hours and fifteen minutes, and then you lose a game off some bogus fake punt play by a touchdown, right? Mm-hmm. So you're telling me that that the kids, if they were a little fresher or a little, you know what I'm saying, it wouldn't it wouldn't have made a difference. You yeah, because maybe they're loose, but maybe they're mentally tired. Yeah. Yeah. So you know, you it's a long say. day. Yeah, so those are th- those are the things you get better. So talking about getting better in the playoffs, it's it, us as coaches, like how do we practice this year versus last year? How do we do we leave earlier? Do we leave later? Do we, you know, so do we do something different for the boys? Um, and, it, and it was in, in that particular group that won state, they were starters, so – their sophomore year, I won't get into it because I don't, you know, let's be honest. At Pacifica, yeah. we got some knuckleheads, right? Okay, so. Hey, yeah. In 2017, we ended up losing four seniors for some knucklehead stuff, right? Two-way guys, and it that just. sucks. It sucks. Right? I mean, if anybody played football, you all know that guy that was like, man, he could have been somebody, but he ended up doing some knucklehead stuff, unfortunately. Yeah, we got a lot of that. But, um, uh, so, yep. so we're in a situation like, okay, so what are we going to do? Uh, are we going to work with these senior guys that are great guys and they're good, solid dudes and juniors and stuff? Are we going to take this really, really talented class and just throw them to the fire? Um, make this, you know, give the seniors and juniors the opportunity, but make them compete with these younger guys so that it's not like, hey, I just pulled these guys up yeah. and put them you over. Gotta so you got to win it. You got to win it. Yeah. And so we did that, and, and they ended up doing good enough to get the starting spots, but they're all like 15-year-old kids, and they're small. Like this group is just a smaller group, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then nine of them, 12, 13 of them are playing college right now. And that group, like it's legit group, right? So we're like, okay, no, we're going to do that, and, and, and we're going to lose, and everybody's going to think we suck, and, and we're just going to just do it, right? Yep. Um, and we, I saw Calabasas do it the year before or two years before. I'm like, hey, it could be done, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and we just took it into shorts. Like, we went 2-9. and nine, Like, Oxnard ended up forfeiting some games, so we got into the playoffs and lost again. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Just so another, so we lost like nine a, games yeah. that year, you know? <laughs> um, but there was such a learning experience, um, and, and the reason why I'm bringing that up is because it was the same group in the playoffs that year and then in the playoffs next year that went all the way to the semis and lost on a, on a blown call, a called back touchdown. Um, and then 
the next year. So they had so many playoff game experiences together as a group. So as a coach, it was the same exact kids for three straight years. Um, And so you don't get that in high school a lot. I mean, you're lucky if you get two years of a core group of kids. Yeah, for a core, yeah, for your core group to be soft. Like last year, our our core group was freshmen and sophomores, right? You know, don't get me wrong, we had some studs, seniors, you know, ones that going to New Mexico now and other Cal Lutheran and stuff like that. So, so we had we had some like three or four stud seniors, but our core group was freshmen and sophomores. So by the time they're seniors, we're expecting this similar run. But you get better with that group, you yeah. know, versus if it's a different group every year, it's a little different. So uh, we just got better how we traveled, how we prepared, how we did practice. Um, and, and the kids were I'm big on like, hey, what do you guys think? You know what I'm saying? Like, like, it's going to be my decision on things. But like, you know, did we practice too long? Did we practice long enough? Should we, you know? And so that particular group and, and it's funny, the newspaper asked one of our captains, like, forget who it was. And they brought up the, this conversation. I said, okay, guys, um, at this point in the season, we're supposed to cut down practice. Uh, that's just the MO, right? It's the unwritten rule. Like, as you get later, guys are getting hurt. Like, cut down practice. Um, and they came to me as a group, that group that won state championship, don't, don't cut our practices down. Like, like, do what you have to do because we trust you to keep us healthy. But like, but we want to practice. We, we want to practice. Turn the lights on. We like, like. I was gonna say you get late. In the, you get late in the year now. Yeah. I mean, you guys, you guys practicing like in the pitch Christmas. dark. I mean, that's what I'm saying. That long of a run, like you said, almost Christmas. That's yeah. crazy. That's crazy. What first game end of August usually, right? Week one, last yeah. week of August, first week of September, something like that. Yep. I mean, you're playing like an NFL season as a high school kid there almost. Yeah, you played two full weeks in December. Um, and which helps with recruiting because um, their seasons are over. Yeah, thank they're God it's California, man. Oh, yeah. So it, there, there's some positives to it. But, yeah, you're, you're basically just playing the state championship. You got a week break in Christmas. I mean, that, that's how it is. And so that's kind of, you know, we, we structure our, our, our summer practices accordingly, too. Not that we're going to win a state championship every year. but Hey, you're going to win a damn state championship <laughs> every year, Coach. Come on. But, but we structure our summer practices to make sure that they're ready for a 16-week run. Oh, yeah. um, and so it's, you know, it's like, oh, but we have to put this in July. Well, that's great. But um, let's count back the weeks from Christmas all the way back. And, you know, are, the, are these kids really going to want to win that playoff game and come back for another week and come back for another week? Yeah. Uh, and a six week playoff uh, season is long and it's tough on the coaches. It's hard and games, it's tough man. on the kids. It's tough on the families. They're expecting to have their sons back, and now they got wait another week and another week and you another. Got to go week. all the way to freaking St. Paul. And all the co- <laughs> all the coaches' wives, and you know it's it's everybody's got to be all in. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And and that's I personally feel like that's why the private schools have more success because when you have kids committed to okay, I'm going to pay tuition to go to the school, or I'm going to drive 30 minutes to go to the school. You're getting families and kids that are buying into. I'm going there to play football. Like, you know, everybody wants to say. So the whole family's all in. They're all in. So the hard part for us is, okay, we got kids that are just walking to school. It's just a neighborhood. Some of these parents don't even like football. They just want to keep their kid busy. Like, how do we get that community to get behind a 16-week season? Um, And, like, what do you mean, mijo? You know, like, like everybody else, you know, your cousin at at so We're going out of town, whatever. high school stopped playing football four weeks ago, and you got two more weeks? You know, one of those things. So um, it's just getting better as a coach, and, 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 of course, uh, like I said, the travel, the preparation, you know, how to coach during the games, and then, um, you know, dealing with the community aspect. I was going to say, you got to be that liaison in between the parent and the athlete to kind of get that parent to buy in and say, hey, this is the bigger picture. Yeah, we, we try to do it through the athlete, you know what I'm yeah. saying? Because the athlete controls that, right? Mm-hmm. You know, so if you get the athlete to get, you know, his – 
family life behind what he's doing, then it helps. That, that's kind of how we operate. It's not perfect. That's a, that's a smart move, though, because yeah. they'd rather hear from their son rather yeah. than Coach Moon. They want to know no, so-and-so is committed. Me, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's fine. <laughs> so that, that's that, that, that's sick, though, man. That six-week run, what game out of that six six games that you ran through the college – or not the college, the CIF playoffs um, were you most nervous about? Oh, Lucerna. The, 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 the CIF – so I don't want to say it was easy, but we – we controlled the playoffs. Like we had a really good team. Were you we home for any of these playoff games, or are they no, all on the road? We had one home game and five road games. How is um, that? Did they just have better records, okay, or they okay. just? I take that back. We had two home games, but we played the second home game at Buena High School. Um, it had just uh, we were grass fielded. Okay, we were mud fielded at the time. <laughs> Got you. And the first home game was against Miracosta, and it was no, it was boring. Like it was, we won thirty-five to ten. But they throw the ball. We thought we couldn't throw. Nobody could. Everybody was slipping, and the so field a the game. field wasn't healed, if you will, because mm-hmm. it's dirt. Like it's yeah. not grass. Like it's not like we have grass in the OUHSD. Yeah. We have turf now. But um, you know, so it was all dirt. It was mud. Um, and so I told our principal, I'm like, hey, bro, like, um, <laughs> I want to play this game there. He's like, no, you <laughs> you can't play an away game when you're supposed to have a home game. It makes us look bad. I was like, dude, we need turf. Like this yeah. is this field is not operational. Uh, so we rented out Buena and we played the game there. And then the next four games were away. So semifinals, finals, Southern Regional uh, was there at Birmingham. And then, of course, the state championships was at Cerritos College. So two home, one and a half home, and then four away. Which was that team that you were most worried about? The, Cerner, the, the CIF championship. Uh, they, they're powerhouse, if you will. Um, okay. Not small school, not large school, but a medium school powerhouse. Um, they had been to this CIF championship, had won CIF championships. Uh, really well-coached team. They run some stuff offensively that I knew was going to give us fits. Um, and But we had better athletes, and I was like, okay, we got a chance. And we played terrible. Um, really? We played terrible. We've never muffed any kicks. We muffed three kicks in that game. Oh, shit. Now, man, the nerves, man. The lights are group, bright. Even, it, it, the last time they had muffed a kick was the, their sophomore year, and that group was solid. And guys that were so sure-handed um, ended up muffing. Noel muffed two of them. And then Noel was like the most sure-handed guy I've ever – it just – nerves yeah. and the way the lighting was. Like, it, it's was, different. When you're in a stadium now that we can talk about too. excuses, but at the time I yeah. didn't want to hear it. You know? yeah. so, so we end up – Catch down, the fuck. We're Catch down, the kick. Yeah, we're down <laughs> 13 points. The fourth quarter, nine minutes left, and uh, and we block a kick, score, block a punt or a field goal, we block a punt, um, score, um, and now we're down. Score six. on the block kick, on the block kick. Nice. I think uh, Kyrie Williams blocked it. Malik Williams scored on it, um, and then um, Kyrie's at Cal Poly, Malik's at Fresno State. Um, but it was like so. This is an example of that. So that that play won the game, right? So we have this kid Willie Dillon. I don't know if you guys know the Dillons, but they're a great family. So Willie is he's in a position where he can get there, but he's just a step slow for that, right? Okay. And Kyrie's next to him, and Kyrie's like this sprinter track guru guy, right? So he's like, hey, they're not blocking me, but I just can't get there a little bit. So we're gonna switch places. This is them doing this on their own, and then you're gonna do my job. I'm gonna do your job. And, and I'll have the speed to get there. And and you're going to have the speed to get there because I'm almost getting there. And that's exactly what happened. And sure enough, he got there. And and I'm looking. I'm like, why are they switching? And that was it. And they made that decision on the field. But talk about, like, veteran guys that work yeah. together. Like, this guy is so humble that he's like, okay, I, like, no, no, you're going to do this because we got to win. Um, and that was the difference. You know, just, just, just humble kids putting the team first and trying to win first, making it happen. 
we're down by six. Now there's a few minutes left, and we drive all the way down the field, and we score, and we make our extra point. And we ended up kind of rattling their kicker, and they missed an extra point in the first quarter. So this, despite us playing terribly, we won by a point. Um, but but talk about, like, everybody thought the game was over. I mean, in a high school game, you're down by 13, nine minutes left. In 90% of high school games, the game's over. Hell yeah, um, That's why when you said when you said down 13 points with nine minutes left, I was like, man, that clock's going to move fast <laughs> on you. But, but you know, the, the you know, veteran, I don't say veteran because I'm not that veteran, but I've coached a lot of playoff games. I've been blessed to be able to coach a lot of playoff games. And every playoff game, you, your nerves settle a little bit. So just to not get, and not that I wasn't nervous and anxious, but just not to get rattled and just stay the course yep. and to get the coaching staff to stay the course because the kids are going to be all over the place. Um, and we just literally calmly stayed the course and like, hey, we're going to do what we got to do. This is what we have to do. Um, and the kids will, will follow that. If you see coaches frantic on the sidelines, the kids are going to be frantic because yeah. they're not going to trust that that this can all work out. And not yeah. that we don't get hoot and holler and yell at each other and do the crazy stuff that we do. Uh, but but it was kind of like that. And and. That's kind of the way you got to lead from the front. You yeah. got to be that example that everybody gets to look at in those tough times. So. Yeah, playoff games are man. That that's where it's at. Like yeah. you know the regular season games. Yeah, those are who cool. cares? Rivalry <laughs> games. Those are cool. League games. Got to win them and make the playoffs. But playoff games is that's the intensity is 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 just awesome. Like there's nothing like it. Like I wish every game could be a playoff game. I'm getting so. jammed up right now yeah. thinking about it, dude. <laughs> playoff games are awesome, man. It's, yeah. You know, I played four years of high school. Never played a playoff game. Like you know, I coached at Real Mesa for twelve years, and I think of the twelve years. Think five or six years didn't make the playoffs. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, so to be at a school where we've made the playoffs every like it's given. Like we're gonna make the playoffs. Like it's just you know, what seed are we gonna be? How are we gonna go? What division are we yeah. gonna be in? But it's like okay, once you get there, like I like our chances. I don't care what division we're in. Okay, maybe not division one or two. Like, you know? <laughs> but but you know from you know I I, I like our chances because because we've been there before. You know yeah. what I'm saying? You got um, the experience. But also I think your background of not making it through your whole college or your whole high school career struck a bone with me. Um, you don't take it for granted, though. Yeah. Even though you're there, you know what it takes to get there. You're not going to take it for granted. You know how quickly it could disappear by losing that one game yeah, now that you've been over. there. I remember, um, same thing, my freshman team, we were like, if you could be all state champions as a freshman team, that was it. we would have been it, man. We went undefeated. Nobody stayed within 35 points of us all year long. We had a killer team. Like you said, unfortunately, some of those key components were knuckleheads. Uh, a few of them ended up playing more street football than yep. uh, field football. And um, long story short, that same team wasn't there throughout uh, throughout our career. But sophomore year, the core still was there, and uh, we made it to that playoff game. I was on the I was on the roster, didn't play much, only special teams, only on the kickoff team. But I remember we had to travel to Southern uh, High School in New Jersey, and it's like down in the swamps south of Jersey. It was hotter than shit. Mosquitoes everywhere. Our own paper picked us to lose 42-3 to because we had a really good kicker, and they said Damian might be able to boot a 50-yarder. Um, they had a quarterback, Brandon something, went to Penn State. You know, he was fucking all-world in, in high school. He went to Penn State as a tight end, though. But in high school, he was just a bulldozing running quarterback. And, uh, yeah, we hung with him. We were up the entire game, and we ended up losing 14-13 to 13 on a pick six. Um, and, like, there was, there was about, like, seven games left, yeah. and we threw the ball when we shouldn't have. Um, obviously, I wasn't coaching. I was just a kid yeah. on the sideline. But it's like, why are we fucking throwing the ball right now? And it ends up being a pick six, and it was the same kid that returned a punt um, 
in the first quarter, actually broke his ribs on our punter's helmet as he trucked him on his way to the end zone, had to come out of the game, came back in the fourth quarter and got that pick six and won the oh, game. Man. So yeah. that was the only playoff game I ever played. Well, well, you know what? I've lost a playoff game 14 to 13, and it's brutal. Yeah, it's tough, man. It's tough to <laughs> that swallow score is that like, one, like, You said that score, I was like, oh, yeah, I've lost that too. So. Yeah, yeah it's, a, it's, a, it's a feeling that, you know, doesn't go away for a while. So now it probably – Brings a lot of joy getting to get back in that playoffs and be oh, like, you yeah. know what? Yeah. You get to avenge all those playoff losses. That's of what sucked years in the spring, past. the spring, the little five game spring season that we had. We went five and zero, but there's no playoffs. Like you just, what is this? What do you mean spring season? Uh, so they they canceled the COVID season, right? Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. COVID season, and then they allowed us to play five games in the spring. Um, and so there was no playoffs. It's like you're gonna play five, like, and then oh, and that was your. I didn't even think of that, man. That was yeah. your defending year, huh? Yeah, and so we went five and zero, which was cool. Uh, but so many things happen. I mean, we had a, you know, like any power five guy leaves at the semester now, right? Nobody stays till June. So we had a kid that that, that signed with Notre Dame. He was gone. Uh, we ended up having a couple of transfers leave before that time. Okay. We had a couple kids move, uh, move into the area from Arkansas. Um, and then because of COVID, financial reasons, they moved back. Like, so there's all these things happen. We still won all our games, but there was no playoffs. So I joked around with them. We do like a scouting report every week. And so it was like, okay, the first game was like the the, the regular season, and then I did uh, the second game was the first round, and I wrote it there like like COVID season playoffs first round, yeah. second round, and then we played Oxnard <laughs> the fifth the last game, and that was the championship. You oh, know that's so, dope. So I, I wanted them to, I didn't want them to lose the playoff environment. Yeah. So we literally coached every game like it was the first round, second. Now of course we knew we had another game after that win or lose, but but it ain't I, gonna feel the same. You but, told them this is a must no, win I was game. Like, no, yeah, you know what I'm saying. And, and so just to get a little taste of it um, And I think, you know and, and obviously this this next year was the next year that we did it And, you know, we had so many young guys And we lost to Oaks Christian by a touchdown But but going in, I think it, was, it wasn't It was brand new to them It was new to them, trust me We had our, our, we had our key guys going to the wrong position groups In pregame because they were so nervous Because they had never played in a playoff game yeah. You know what I'm saying? But it was, imagine if we had n- even none of that at all It would have been even worse And it was know? a playoff so, game against Oaks? We played Oaks last year in the playoffs. Okay. Yeah, we lost, yeah yeah, I don't, I don't want to talk about it. Yeah, no, I don't. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't <laughs> I don't want to talk about how many touchdowns I got called back, but it's cool. <laughs> you know? Hey, you know, I mean, and like you, like you said, it's it's when you it's when you go from Oxnard and you play. Uh, was the game in Oaks? Game was at Oaks, Chris. Yeah, you know, you hate to have that like conspiracy that it's like a ref or something like that, but man, it sure just plays out that freaking way too damn much man. I, I don't like making excuses i just tell people just like ask whoever was in the stadium including yeah. oaks christian fans yeah <laughs> get their <laughs> even takes. ask their side and i think they would might agree with us <laughs> get their takes on yeah, it and yeah. to me i always felt it like it i've always bad. felt i've always been confused by how uh intertwined the public schooling and the private schooling is in football around here um like i said where i grew up either you played in the private school playoffs or the public school playoffs and that was it because you had such a substantial you know advantage you can literally recruit in a way if you're oaks christian versus you have no boundary yeah yeah yeah. Yeah, you can be like hey Bring your son up here. We'll pay his tuition. We'll pay your gas. Whatever the yeah. case is, you know. I mean, yeah. and then it makes people do stuff like Calabasas. You did a couple day, a couple of years ago too. So I mean, it's like you start 
walking that thin line of the rules, it's like who's to say that the referees ain't doing the same damn thing? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> we won't get into it. Yeah. But, but yeah, I mean, uh, people talk about like separating the two in California. I don't think it'll ever happen. It's it's all a money game. I mm-hmm. mean, it's just it really is. I mean, the amount of money that football generates. Like I I joke with my wife all the time. Like I don't care if nobody liked football, I would still be a football coach. You yeah. know what I'm saying? But it just happens to be the money maker. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And and because of that, I can't screw up, and my kids can't screw up, and the media's all over it, and like we understand that but i think we would all do it if it was like the least popular sport in the country you know yeah. what i'm saying but 100%. unfortunately it's the opposite of that you gotta love it um, it's too hard of a sport to just do it half-ass and not really yeah. care about it you know there's got to be some passion behind it but i tell you what i'm a fan of keeping public and private together because i, I want to like they, they generate so much money and so much attention and so much media exposure like like play those teams you yeah. know what i'm saying like like if we want to get to that level like we already got to that level recruiting wise right we want to get to that level football wise you know we want to generate that much money and that type of thing that you got to have them in a the mix so you want to stay that david you don't you yeah, don't want to yeah. why lose the goliath you know when you know yeah, when you absolutely. get to be david and take him out there you go and that's exactly the reason you Hell know yeah. what i'm saying um and so i love it you know what i'm saying we end up always playing some kind of pl- private schools in the playoffs and uh you know and and you know we our league doesn't have any private school teams but we have uh you know same bonaventure and a Season, so that's a private school, and I, ju- I just think it's good. I think it's just good for the, the game, you know what I'm saying? Uh, there's always kids that are going to want to go to a private school, there's nothing of course, wrong. of course, yeah. and the, the parents are going to want that too because yeah. you get the you get the difference between a public school like we all went to. Uh, well, Santa Clara is private school, right? Or no, mm-hmm. it is a private school. Do you think do you think that you notice a difference at the private school as a student versus uh, seeing the student what the students get at a public school? Yes, and no, Santa Clara is. Not maybe like the other private schools, <laughs> okay. Um, and you know, but but more private school than public school. You yeah, know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah. So maybe maybe like a middle ground. So the answer is yes. But I don't know if I ever experienced that element, that St. Bonaventure Oaks Christian element, because Santa you. Clara is not that. You know what I'm saying? Okay. So yeah, I mean, you're still, you know. Anyway. Because what I always hear is like the teacher to student ratio is always supposed to be so much better at a private school. And it is. It is. So when I was at Santa Clara, we probably had 30 kids in the class, right? Mm -hmm. You know, in public school, it's 38. You know what I'm saying? And and when you go to even a little bit more affluent private schools, it's probably 25 or maybe less than that. You know what I'm saying? You start thinking about it, you got usually about, you know, 10 to 12 knuckleheads in a class. So it's like you can, if you can. So if you're talking about that element. Yeah. There's a there's a yeah. clear, so when parents come talk to sand. me, I'm like, look, we we cannot offer that to you. Yeah, like, <laughs> I, can't, I, I can't give your son a private classroom. No, in, that, in we can't offer that to you. But we're we're on top of them. We're structured, and you know yeah. they will get an opportunity to win games and go to college and 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 do well academically and and get loved up and coached up and oh yeah. Uh, but we're, but we're not a private school, and we're not ever going to be a private school. And because of that, that's we're not going to get every kid. And you know, like the other public schools in the area are not going to get every kid for that reason. And it's okay. Like yeah. it's totally okay. Like it does not bother me at all. That's fine. Yeah. That's what makes it. That's what makes those championships more special. You yeah, know, absolutely. I like a bunch of losing ass like professional teams. I'm a Dolphins fan. I'm a Mets fan. I'm a Sixers fan. So it's like I'm waiting for them championships, man. And when they get here, they're gonna be way better than a fucking Lakers, Yankees, and <laughs> well, I'm a Clipper uh, fan. Patriots so I feel you. On that oh, so one. yeah, you're waiting with me, dog. You, we are both. We are both waiting on that one. Um, so, uh, but. I want to talk about, we, we kind of started touching about money and stuff like that. I wanted to get your take since it's a fairly new thing and see how you had to adjust. You said that you're pretty well known in the high school recruiting. You do a great job with these kids in Oxnard, getting them into positions uh, to succeed. How has that had to change uh, since the NIL has become a thing? Like, is it a yeah, whole new world now? It's, it's a it, Yes, and it's still brand new. Yeah. Um, and so I think everybody's kind of navigating through it. I think every, every college is navigating differently through it. Um, 
the way we, uh, you know, as high school coaches, obviously I have a good relationship with my kids, so I talk to them. And it's brought up in the recruiting all the time. I don't think it's it's what, you know, the media wants to expose, like the Jordan Ad- Ad- Addison or Atkinson that went to Yeah, that SC, went to USC w- from Pittsburgh. But yeah. that's, that's not the norm, you know what I'm yeah. saying? Or, or, you know, the the quarterback going to Tennessee and stuff like that. That's really not the norm. But there's still money out there. There's still, you know, uh, you, you know crazy things that, that happen. And it's the school is not supposed to set up the NIL. But we all know that the corporations are the dumb. So when you say the school, you mean the you mean the college or you mean the, the high school? The college is not supposed to set up any NIL deals, right? Um, so it's just supposed to be a booster on the side. Like I mean, the, it's like yes. it's, it's like uh, like you have kids getting recruited uh, to to go to Washington and big schools like that. So that's supposed to be nothing a part of the recruitment. Uh, that would be on the student athlete himself to go out and find those deals. Yes, but 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 keep in mind that this is this is. But we're, this is how we're navigating through it. Like, yeah. so you're talking about corporations and boosters that are donators to the school. Like, those yeah. are the people that are setting up the NIOs, right? So yeah. there, there, there's already a tie between the two. Yeah, a tie between the two. So it's no, the coaches aren't calling these guys and setting it up because that would be illegal. But um, it's still like, okay, the corporations affiliated with this particular school. You know, or in this particular area that the schools in are going to be the NIL representatives mm-hmm. of this this kid, or so yeah. on and so forth. I, I think the majority of the kids is like, all right, well, people hit them up and like, hey, if you if you wear, um, you know, if if you wear my stuff and post it on your social media page, I'll give you ten free T shirts, or you know, if you come do a, a, a autograph signing, I'll give you five hundred bucks, or you know, it's really it's stuff that. That's kind of dope, though, man. Being a high, high they should have right? yeah. been paid for. Like, yeah. it, in my opinion. So yeah. I'm a fan of the NIL. I think they'll get a grasp of it and handle of it. Uh, of course, I'm not a college coach. I'm a high school coach. But I'm yeah. a fan of it because, you know, I deal with the kids that that need the extra money. And don't get me wrong. The scholarship situation right now at an FBS school is yeah. is good for them. Yeah, hell but yeah. But if you're talking about a kid that has, n- like, nothing, right? Mm-hmm. You know, and, and some of our kids don't have... Like that situation where mom or dad can give them a couple hundred bucks a month to take a girl out on a date or buy some jeans or whatever. Yeah. And they're using all their scholarship money to eat and live and, you know, do what they need to do. Yeah. Uh, pay rent and have a car note if they have a car or whatever it is. Using it as income. So they need that extra money. Not do they need $3 million in the NIL. No, <laughs> but but they need, they, they yeah. those kids need that extra revenue. And a lot of our kids at Pacific are in that category. So if a kid can go do a signing, Right and give up two or three hours of his time and sign an autograph like he should be reimbursed for it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And I think it should have always been that way. And I think that's the majority. That's what's happening right now. It's the stuff that was ha- happening under the table is now just just legit. Uh, but of course, we're going to hear about all these million dollar yeah. deals and you know that type of thing. Uh, look, COVID exposed everything with college football. And it's trickling down to everything else. Like every oh no, they COVID are, exposed all kinds of shit. Coach they Moon. are there for education, and it's not about the money, and it's this and that, right? Okay, so the entire country is shut down. People are dying. However, you believe in it, right? People yes. are dying. The entire country is nobody can do anything, but we're flying sixty-five college football players all over and putting them all in a cramped airplane and all in a cramped bus and all in the cramped locker room yeah. and we're playing on national television. <laughs> and they ain't but getting a dime. It's not about money. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> but it's not oh and they can't go to class because of COVID. Yeah. So so we're doing everything where they can make money and generate money for the school, but the kids but, don't get any of the benefits. But it's only about yeah. education. Oh, like, they're getting paid. So, they're getting paid. They're getting their education, but there's no education so going on right yeah, now. Now, don't like, don't bring it. You know, no, don't don't 100%. start with me. And then, and then I'm, I'm blessed that they allowed us to play football. But like, you know, like, so the football team was on a high school campus. Yeah, that was it. 
There was nobody else on the high school campus. Like, it was just the football team. It was the eeriest thing ever, right? Uh, and, and so, and, and, and then the other sports started playing at the very end of the year. But, of course, we were practicing as soon as they gave us the green light. Football coaches are out there, right? Oh, yeah. And so, you know, Pacific has 3,500 kids. just massive, right? 3,400 kids. It's a huge campus. And Man, that's a lot of like, kids. Really? 3,400 kids on yeah, campus? Holy shit. It's like two Two high schools in one. It's wow. huge. Damn. Um, well, aren't they see, building another Oxnard High School? They have to. Yeah. 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 Right. Literally down the street. Yeah. That's, <laughs> you know? right, that's what I thought. Uh, but it was like you know it was it was it was here and we watched film in this big tent because they didn't want us in the classroom because there was too many kids. So we started in the in the basketball gym. Then they created this big tent and it was just it was it was just it was just weird. So okay, well you know that that kind of exposes it there. You know what yeah. I'm saying? So it, it just kind of showed. And then they're like, okay, well. Um, there can be no fans or whatever. Like, okay, and then we can't charge. And it's like, okay, now the next year it's like, okay, there's no money for athletics. Like, you know, like, yeah. oh, wait a minute, the football game brings money into athletics. Oh, we got to give every school money now because there was no there was no football games that – or there was no fans into the football game, so we couldn't make any money. Nobody was buying hot dogs and sodas. Again, so. again just a kind of exposing that part of it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And so, no, it's not that football is more important than everything else. It just generates more money. And we live in a society where money – Rules Money rules, rules everything. It's yeah. a capital world, you know. It comes up, it comes up often. And you that's know, it's what like, was exposed. Yeah. That, that's it. And I'm just glad to me that the kids are going to start getting their cuts, right? Because, like you yeah. said, it's all this stuff that was going under the table. Yeah. And then what do you do? You strip a kid of his Heisman Trophy that he that he uh, earned on the field. It's like, what kind of stupid shit is that? It's like, oh, we're going to take your trophy from you. And what? Did, I mean, that's what I always thought. Like, what did they do with Reggie Bush's Heisman? Did like some old white guy that didn't play a freaking <laughs> down of football? Like, uh, I'll keep it in my living room until uh, Reggie <laughs> until Reggie's paid his uh debt yeah. to society it's like give me a break yeah i don't know how i feel about that but it's so yeah. and then it's like there's people like why don't we spend that money on the college education it's like no that money is not coming from tax dollars yeah that money's not that money's not being taken away from education that's coming from some old dude yep. rich, uh, maybe not old but yeah. some rich dude that loves the football team and is not going to give the school a dollar but he's going to give the football player a dollar mm-hmm. because he wants to be, you know what I'm saying? So so it's not like that money's being taken away from the no. other students. 100%. You know and it's not coming from the big pot of money that no. the school has. That's why I think NIL is actually going to shift college football a little bit. I'm a huge college it football fan. Is. That's what I'm saying. I'm a huge college football fan, so I'm a little bit excited about that. Yeah. I root for Rutgers. I don't know how much NIL cash boosters. <laughs> boost, I guarantee you they have something out, out there. Yeah, I, I, don't know, I don't know what's going on in, uh, in uh, East Brunswick, but you know, hopefully they got a little bit of dough to keep up with the Big Ten. But what I'm talking about is like to me i think you can already see it in texas like there ain't no money like oil boosters in texas and i mean texas longhorns i think they're gonna be coming up i mean already are they jumped like i don't know 10 12 spots almost instantly in the uh in the recruiting rankings and stuff like that and that's why i think the nil and that's why you hear nick saban you know a little bit sour about how everything's going on because it's like yeah alabama's got their boosters but they ain't got texas boosters they ain't got texas a&m boosters um so they're gonna start dipping into saban's pockets and they're all coming to the sec now yeah it's it's gonna be interesting by the way we have a there's an oxnard kid coaching at texas which is really really so yeah he's not a kid anymore he's a man but He's younger than me, so that's cool. He's on the Texas uh, Henry, coaching staff. Henry Fernandez, yeah. Henry Fernandez, yeah. hell yeah! A shout yeah. out to you, Henry. Crushing yeah, it. How did he end up with that gig? How did he? Uh, he that went to Sac State, started coaching at Sac. I, I absolutely love the guy. I think he's he's awesome. He I, he coached. He played at Oxnard. I coached against him. Um, just the utmost respect. His little brother's going to be the running back of Ventura College now um, this next year, and just just a great dude. So he started at Sac State. His story is phenomenal. But um, from from childhood up. And then from Sac State, uh, he he shoot, did he go to Washington after that or somewhere else? Then he went to University of Washington, worked up from the bottom up, um, and then they brought the Washington coaches to Texas, and then he 
you know, he, oh, with the Sark so deal and stuff like that to Washington to Texas. Okay. Um, and, and yeah, so that, that's kind of how it works. So that's a dope story, man. Yeah. He's a, he's a good dude. I'm, I'm a big fan. I mean, he's, like I said, he's younger than me. I kind of look at him like a little brother, but, but he's got really, tons of really, talent to coach out there oh, now. Dude. So, and he's a really good dude and really good coach. And like, I, I'm excited to see where his career takes off. So he's still a younger guy. Hell yeah. I'm, I'm excited to see, uh, I'm excited to see where Pacifica goes this year. Are you excited for the season coach? You like how the schedule lined up? I'm excited. Uh, yeah, I, I don't look forward too much. I'm yeah. excited. I, you know, uh, we just I just take it day by day. I, I, the way the schedule is, I'm, I'm, it's it's interesting with with our league and th- stuff like that. But I'm excited for the preseason. And then uh, one of my really really good friends is the head coach of Santa Barbara, and I we open up league with Santa Barbara, and they have a really good team. Damn, that's gotta um, be fun. He's an ex teammate of mine, and you know our our our, our kids played AAU ex teammates uh, from where. Uh, we played semi pro together. He was a quarterback, and you know what I'm saying. And and so I wanted uh, to ask you about that. Is that the West Coast Sharks? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Where's yeah. the West Coast Sharks from? Where'd you guys play at? Uh, shoot, we played a lot of different places. Uh, I think <laughs> we played at Pacifica. We played a lot of games at Pacifica. <laughs> okay. Uh, it was basically a team from San Fernando Valley to Santa Barbara. Okay. Um, so that was the region, um, the CFA. And who who was who was running this West Coast Sharks? Where'd the team come from? Uh, so a long time ago, there used to be the Cardinals. Um, in Ventura County. Okay. Um, and so the Cardinals. Just a semi-pro team? Semi-pro team. That was like the long time. Like when I was growing up as a kid, it was the Cardinals. Um, and so it was like the element left over from the Cardinals uh, jumped into the CFA and got got guys from, uh, you know, I just got a phone call. I remember I was probably a year out of football um, and just got a phone call. There was like a tryout and I was like, oh, well, I still got an itch for it. Yeah. You know, and you know. Um, strap so, up. so we went out there. Yeah, it was fun. It was, you know, it's semi-pro. It's yeah. fun. It's, yeah, it's kind of crazy. You got to be a little sh- sh- Looney Tunes to play it, but you know, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's good times. It really was a good time. Oh yeah. Would you travel yeah. up and down the coast or? Yeah. I think the farthest we went North was Fresno, Bakersfield, something like that. Okay. And then down to San Diego. Yeah. Uh, nothing, nothing, nothing too crazy, but yeah. it was. That's cool. It's probably different though. Being semi-pro adults going, traveling to play football, man. It's gotta so be a good me, time. Let me tell you what it's like to have. Uh, so you go to a hotel room. So if you're ever broke, I'll tell you how to do it. Okay. <laughs> so you go to a hotel room you take the mattress and you throw it off the box spring you take the other mattress you throw it off the box spring and eight people can sleep and so we would go somewhere we'd get one hotel room and i chip in a little bit more so i would have the mattress part of it instead of the box and spring so part. two people would be on the mat- mattress two people on a box spring two people on a mattress two people on a box spring that's eight people yeah, and it's just yeah <laughs> yeah wild times chip in a little extra for, yeah. for the for the cushion of the it mattress was, it was wild times but it was fun it was it was a lot of fun and i shoot i'm still friends with a lot of those guys i bet man those are day. bonds that don't go away yeah the semi pro is different it's it's college there's bonds high school is bond but semi pro is yeah. just it's just it's just different i bet man yeah. I, I can only imagine because honestly the only friends that i'm still friends with from high school school were basically just a handful of guys that I played ball with growing up, you know? So, I mean, it's a different kind of bond. Um, So that's cool. So other than professional football, what's the future hold for coach moon? You got any bigger aspirations or are you just loving life at Pacifica? No, everybody asked that. Um, I'm loving life at Pacifica. um, So, you know, do you get college offers? Uh, I get offers. Has Um, Rutgers reached out yet? No, no. Uh, I I don't know. So, so the college world is a little different. Like you have to, uh, there's an unwritten rule that you got to, play at the level that you know you know you coach at and there's there's that's people. so bullshit you know bill belichick well yeah i forgot he was an nfl but, star but here's the thing here's the thing there's always exceptions to the rule but but i understand that because yeah. you know like how are you going to control or coach kids that you've never experienced what they have to go how are you going to make them buy in and so there's always exceptions and and yes i've had opportunity you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. and, and and or opportunity to leave oxnard or or to go to a quote-unquote better program you know what i'm saying and and to me it's it's really not about money. It's it's more about like being comfortable and being able to 
be who I am when I coach. Um, and, and I wouldn't fit into a lot of different situations. Now, um, that being said, you're with the kids you're supposed to be with right now. Yeah. And, and, and so I'll retire at Pacifica. Um, if, 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 some JC opportunity opened up that was just perfect for my family and myself. Um, then I'd be open to it. Um, but outside of that, no, like my wife will not allow us <laughs> allow me to coach in college. Pacific um, is home. Yeah, she, she a four year university. She would not. That, that's not going to happen. She's like, yeah, you could you could take the job, but I'm not going with you. <laughs> you know, so, <laughs> you know, so uh, but Flying you know, solo. <laughs> yeah, so so I may, maybe junior college in the future somewhere along the way. But but I'm I'm super happy. I love the kids at Pacifica, and you know, we put so much effort into. Uh, you know, I had a couple opportunities in the last few years, and, and, and you put so much effort into building something up, mm-hmm. right? And then you see the fruits of your labor, and you're doing it with, like, your people. You know what I'm saying? Like, these are, like, my people. This is what I'm comfortable with. This is who I grew up around. This is, you know, the, the high school kid element of the guys I grew up with, right? Yeah. Um, and then being able to run a program the way I wanted to play for a coach that ran a program like this. So you now can control the program. And you create the, that environment. Be the coach that you wanted to have, like, in high school, you know? So so now that you have that and you have all these coaches um, that, that, that are, you know, teachers at your school and, and built it up, um, and then I have ex players that are now coming on, and they're becoming teachers, and they're becoming coaches. Like that's got to be cool. You can't like if if I'm at a better school, like are they really going to bring in my ex players and giving them teaching jobs and all this stuff? No. Mm-hmm. But at Pacifica, if you say, hey, you know, we got to keep this thing going, and and we want to make sure that we our coaching staff stays here. This guy, that we got to we got to make sure that this happens. And they're good dudes, and they're community guys, and they're good teachers, and and so we've been able to. I think we have twelve coaches that are full time employees at the school. And, and that's sick. And and just shoot, I went to lunch with a guy yesterday. He just graduated. He wants to be a teacher. Like like I, that maybe thirteen. You know what I'm saying? And, mm-hmm. and you know what I'm saying in the future. And then. I have another kid that medically retired in college um, and he's going to come back and help coach us in between finishing up his degree. So, so those are things that, that you can do only in a community school. That's really, dope. You know what I'm saying? And so, um, and then, yeah, you, you know, if I'm somewhere else, that's fine, but I can't take that whole group with me. Right. Yeah. So am I going to go to an area that I don't know in a community? I don't know and hire a bunch of coaches. I don't know and start over like, no, not, Why at, do that? not at this point. I'm just trying, I'm trying to be a better husband and, father yeah. right now so if i did that it would be like going back to the way it was 10 years ago yeah where my family hated me because i wasn't present enough you know yeah. what i'm saying right. so you're yeah. where you're supposed to be right now yeah and so i love it i love it there be, but and that's the recruiting employees like don't go to pacifica because coach moon's gonna leave okay yeah sure <laughs> well, who's telling you that <laughs> yeah. who's the so-and-so coach yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. i bet i bet the coach I talk to him all the time of, i talk to him all the time about my future yeah my, you know, we share career interests <laughs> all the time call him and i'm just like hey i got this opportunity i'm leaving pacifica yeah this is my last Year. First guy I called. <laughs> yeah. Well, that ain't going to change. And one other thing that ain't going to change here at the yellow table, every guest we have, we always get a random question by Mambo. Uh, today's random question by Mambo is actually brought to you by Sweet Fuel, uh, proud makers right here in Ventura of awesome supplements and protein bars. If you haven't tried them out, definitely try them out. Coach Moon, you got some in your swag bag. And try listeners that. out there can get 10% off their order at sweetfuel.com. Get sweetfuel.com, the code PC podcast. That's all lower initials. PC podcast and here's your random question from Mambo coach moon all right coach moon if you were a wrestler what would your wrestling name be damn <laughs> I like it I like that Mambo I don't know what would it be I don't know bad moon rising oh <laughs> damn coach you thought about that man came, you watched WWF? Came to me. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I did as a kid <laughs> I like I that guess so I guess so 
I don't, I don't, that kind of cheesy. Never yeah. mind. No, it's all right. <laughs> Moonrise. Yeah. Mine, I got a nickname that I stuck with for a while, so I'd, I'd probably just go with that. I'd probably have to go with Jay Seals that I'm going to take. How about like you, Mambo? That. I'd What'd go you? with Mambo. Yeah, there you go. Mambo's a good one. Yeah, Mambo will ride. Mambo will ride. Okay, would you be a solo performer or would you rather be a tag team? Ooh. Probably a tag team. Yeah? yeah. Tag team would be dope, I feel like. You get yeah. to do more more creative shit sometimes with I tag would teams. Agree. I yeah. agree. I think the tag teams are cooler anyway. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Tag teams always got a little more extra extra swag to them, extra per- persona and whatnot. Um, but you definitely got enough swag to you, and you definitely got a badass team at Pacifica. Like you said, you're growing them up. You're growing uh, football players. But more importantly, you're growing awesome human beings in Ventura County, Coach. Uh, so we're thankful to have you as part of our uh, community here in the county, and thanks for coming by the yellow table today, man. Uh, it was fun, man. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. All, All right. right. Thanks for checking out the podcast. Make sure you guys give us a follow at Persistence Culture. Keep moving.